All right, hello everybody. Welcome back to not only episode four of Plays Well with Others, but also a very special episode. So it's special in one in part because we're joined by a special guest, but also this is our first what I'm what I'm considering a, a feature episode. We're taking a, a little bit of a detour from our typical platform, our typical content style, and we're gonna we're, we're gonna we're gonna talk about some fun stuff. But to get us kicked off, as always, I'm Andrew Moore. I'm joined by my illustrious co-host, Jess Agnew. And we have with us today a wonderful engineer, a very strong developer, and potentially budding rap artist. We have Travis Sims, a.k.a. T-Money. Travis... (laughs) Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? What do you got going on? What's... uh, I mean, I don't have any... I don't have anything else to add to that, <laughs> except uh, yeah. So I am a some engineering lead for Valve uh, Consulting. So I've been in the business for about about a decade at this point, doing work across you know multiple languages, whether it be .NET, PHP, Java, Python, a little bit of everything, both back end, front end. Most of my experience has probably been in the Microsoft tech stack but worked a lot in both finance and healthcare industries. And yeah, so I, that's a little bit about me. I, I mean, you said it best. <laughs> I, I tend to start off strong. So will you be rapping for us today? I, I don't have a beat, so. Just checking. <laughs> you, you can't leak the new single is what it is. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, so I'm still. Right. I got to talk to like the label. Got to make sure you know it's a lot of. That's fair. Yeah, you know, it, it's, it's copyright through. concerns. But I mean, so it's just as chat promised, GBT created lyrics. <laughs> yes. So as promised, special episode today, and I'll explain a little bit of why we're doing this special episode, even though it's a few days late. So as of the time of this taping, the this last weekend was April Fool's Day, and just had the entertaining idea to talk about why developers and technologists in general, while we are very scientifically minded people, tend to be very superstitious. And I'm going to pause for you to hum the tune that I know you're thinking of, because I'm not going to get copyright strike on on the fourth episode, but go ahead, hum that to yourself. Just pretend that it's being piped in right here. Get the vibe. Got it. So developers tend to be a superstitious bunch. And I wanted to share some of our experiences, some of our idiosyncrasies, shall we say, that we've we've encountered over the years and and generally just kind of have fun with the concept that superstition is alive and well even in very engineering heavy environments i was gonna say even as a as a project manager or as a product owner like code's basically magic so i regard it with awe and respect and a healthy amount of fear so the superstition thing just just plugs right in it just plugs right in at the at the last job the, the last gig we had a certain release manager that really played into the superstition. And so when when I'm referring to superstition, I'll give you an example. When we were at the office on release day, 
if anyone said anything that even sounded remotely like this release is going to go perfectly, this is going to be wonderful. Even to the point of saying, I made plans to go to dinner with my family at seven o'clock. You have to knock on wood. So this person had a block of wood at her desk and I took it a step further and I'm, I'm going to go ahead and promise future editing Andrew is going to do something for you here, but I'm going to drop a photo. I made a wooden plaque that had had some some text carved into it, and it was all, all um, shellacked up. Very nice, but said release quality, made out of nice red oak hardwood, locally sustainable, you know. And that became part of the, the lore of our, our release cycle. And so that's not all of it. And I know, Travis, you've got some some doozies that you wanted to share, too. So I'm really curious to see what kind of crazy superstitions you've either participated in, exacerbated, or <laughs> concocted in the last couple of hours. I mean, so... Or which ones you can convince the audience you do. Yes. Okay, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, for starters, like, I think it's to say that, yeah, like... I'm not superstitious, but you know, as Michael Scott says in the office, I'm just a little stitious. So whenever you talk about you know having that wooden piece of wood to knock on, I got one right here on my desk, which started out as a little logic puzzle, but it quickly turned into uh, making sure releases go well. Because like you say, like we, how many times have someone said, like, oh, this this is gonna be a walk in the park, this is gonna be easy, and then you know everything you know blows up and you know causes issues so i think which is even more scary the more reliant we are like on the cloud so it's a lot of things that are outside of our control i've had issues before where you know you'd say something like that and then suddenly azure devops has an outage or github may have an outage and suddenly you know you had all your code up there you can't deploy i think i've happened that's happened to me twice in my career yeah. and uh, some other ones that I know either I've seen in the past or we do on my ter- team currently is, you know, we definitely always, we make sure we don't ever say something's going to be easy. Or if we do, we always make sure to pad the, uh, like pad the ticket time. So that way, you know, for those unforeseen consequences that always pop up. I think another one that uh, tried to do is never deploy on Fridays because it just knows the code knows that it's a weekend. <laughs> yes, you're asking for. And trouble. the co- code knows that it's going to be alone for 72 <laughs> hours, so obviously it's going to try to keep everyone around a little bit longer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause mayhem. Um, one I'm trying to get started <laughs> is that uh, when you do a release, make sure you release at 11:11. Because if you make a wish during the deployment, then your entire backlog gets cleared out and everything just works and you're done. <laughs> I, I've heard that. That's super, Yeah, I've heard that before. I've never tried it personally. But, I think um, that's legit, yeah. <laughs> especially with, with CICD pipelines. Product managers everywhere <laughs> that, cringe. You know, that, that's the, the level of comfort that we strive to deliver as engineers we just want to make sure that the product manager's on their toes. You know, they, they they can't be comfortably in their bed without having a little bit of anxiety while we're deploying things, right? Exactly. 
Okay, so oddly, my degree is actually in anthropology. And so speaking from that perspective, I mean, humans throughout all eras and in all technology levels have created these rituals and beliefs um, to create this illusion that we can control something out of our control. And I just find exactly what you said, Travis, earlier, one of the main reasons that I think that this superstitious subculture has been generated within technology is so much of it as it becomes more and more complex and as it becomes more and more in the cloud there's more and more that we a don't not everybody understands every facet of and b is a hundred percent out of our control so there you know you press the button on your side and you're just like <laughs> i have to leave it to fate now <laughs> like there's just only so much you can do it's a lot of uh prayer of the serenity prayer bef- every day <laughs> yeah so it's like, yeah, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I do like, I do like what you brought up, Jess. The, um, the idea, and I, gonna gonna go down the the serious path for a second because that that was interesting. So maybe there is a certain degree of coping that we have to do as as technologists to protect ourselves from the things yeah. that we can't control because we're used to being in control because we mm-hmm. we coded something out 100%. of out of nowhere out of nothing and brought it into existence and now here we are releasing it into the wild to hopefully not delete all of our data and hopefully not send emails to everyone in our CRM with <laughs> our testing language in it and I don't know where that came from that's never happened before Oh, no. Of course not. How many times has a dev said, well, it worked on my local? <laughs> but that unknown factor of the new environment that you're going into is always a little scary. Well, right. And that's the idea oh, yeah. behind DevOps is you want to make sure that all of your environments are completely different and built manually over 20 years. So if anybody's actually <laughs> listening to that, that is not the definition of DevOps. <laughs> it's not. Every single person listening just cringed, like jerk cringed. Well, I mean, dev comes first in DevOps, so therefore it's all about the dev experience. Forget about ops. Well, right. And following that, I don't mean that at all. Yeah. So we're just, it's opposite day here on the podcast. (laughs) So we had a, had a nice little counterculture at another office where, you know, we were talking about DevOps and it was kind of one of those hand wavy, we want to be DevOps situations and it became a dev versus ops kind of environment, which was not ideal. But what it led to was multiple competing chat um, chat clients or, or uh, chat channels that there was DevOps and then there was ops dev. So if you wanted to, you wanted to pick how you wanted to do DevOps that day, you joined one or the other. <laughs> I love that. Jess, I'm going to kick it back over to you in roughly the... 10 seconds it takes for this this message to get there. Um, but I want to hear more about the anthropological approach to superstition and how that makes this podcast more like Aaron Mankey's lore. And I'll play some spooky music behind it. Yeah, that sounds awesome. So it's funny that you say that because I really was trying to think through what were the positives to what are the positives to being um, to having this like superstitious culture? And 
in most most cultures, there's going to be positives and negatives, right? Um, you know, and it's always when you take it too far that you start getting into the negatives. When you start going too hard on the superstition to exclude um, common sense and scientific evidence, etc. So the positives that is true across human history that's also true in this like subculture of technology is it creates a positive attitude when you go into one of these releases, you've already, you know, you've done the pre-work and now you've done your superstitious things. You've knocked on the wood, you've done the things. So everyone comes in with like this positive attitude of, oh, okay, this is going to go well. Um, but nobody says that out loud ever. <laughs> um, but the, the second thing I think is it can generate community between the team is because you have this inside joke, right? Like this thing that everybody knows about. And it's also fun for new hires to get inducted into the inside joke that first time around because it's quick and easy to explain. So it's not an elaborate inside joke, but it's just this this fun thing that you and this team bond together doing. And the other one that I think is true again throughout human history is it reduces anxiety because you 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 do what you can, but then it's in the hands of a higher power after you walk into the room. It's no longer up to just me of whether or not this is going to work. Um, and I think those things translate really well into this microcosm of this technological environment that we're in, where we're all trying to, um, you know, do the best that we can, but we have to accept that some things are so out of our control. Safe to say that that's going to be a that's going to be a promo slot, just for the record. But safe to say, we can do everything we can do. <laughs> As, as technologists, as product owners, product managers, project managers, we have to prepare as best we can for, for anything. And then from there, we rely on mm-hmm. partially on our, on our technology and our process that we've built. And then we, we, we trust God because that's, that's about all we got at that point. And you, you said the key there, right? Like you can't walk into the room and just be like, well, it's in the hands of luck. No, you have to do your due diligence first. You have to test. You have to, you know, go through the the results and make sure you comb through everything with a fine tooth comb and have the hard conversations if things aren't ready. But once you step into the room, if you've done all of that pre-work, then it's it's in the hands of the higher powers at that point. You're pressing a button and you're just watching. You're It's a oh, show yeah. for like, you. As long as you get like your backups and, you know, maybe a backup of a backup, you know, in case, you know go wrong like yeah you're good to go because i can't like because of uh anything that could go wrong it's like you kind of look to see like in case you know i guess enough times of it happening you start thinking like okay if the service goes down do we have a good rollback strategy so that way you have that then yeah you're worst that can happen is you roll back so I'm curious, have you had any situations, Travis, where it's like been incredibly tense when you've walked in and like that thing has comforted you of like, okay, well, you know, yeah, so, um, it's up to someone else now. Exact project it's been, but I've had a couple where usually if it's like big releases or if it's uh, maybe like a huge feature that's coming down the pipeline that we want to release and it's, we want to make sure that one, yeah, like you said, we do our due diligence we do our, you know, it's fun to do these uh, superstition, you know, traditions to help out. But at the end of the day, you need to, you know, make sure that, you know, you have all your ducks in a row. And if that doesn't, uh, if anything happens, you want to make sure you have a proper rollback strategy, whether that's for your code, for your, you know, database. You want to make sure that it's also tested beforehand. 
so you don't find out the day the, the day of that oops it does the rollback doesn't work and now you're in this you know um best way to put it like yeah things hit the fan so uh-huh. it's good to have that <laughs> trying to keep it clean for the <laughs> podcast what yes, there is so a, it's, there's uh, a checkbox i have to hit if anyone <laughs> swears so let's <laughs> We everyone listening to this knows what he wanted to say. <laughs> but yeah, I've definitely had those situations, and that's um, the best way to approach it. Because once you do all that, you're like, yeah, what's going to happen? Either it's going to release, or we have to do it another day. If everything's good to go, it takes a lot of the pressure, a lot of the anxiety out, and it also it helps the team to not freak out as well because it's one of those. Like it's contagious, whether you know you're excited, you know excited or happy or positive or just negative. Like that's a very contagious feeling through the team. And if you start to worry, then the team's gonna start to worry. A lot of times they start looking up to the you know their team leads to make sure everything's good to go. I've done a very similar thing, and I I, I can see both sides of the equation because we we've had releases that we we've had a high degree of confidence in it's going to be fine. It's everything's going to be great. And then it isn't. And the, the thing that we didn't define was one, what's our rollback strategy, like you said, but then two, what triggers the decision to roll back? And that's, those are the ones where you wind up at 3am trying to figure out what the heck is wrong with this thing, because you didn't know when you were going to pop smoke. But on the other side, yeah, or you're trying to find phone numbers for VPs at 3 a.m. to get approval to roll back because you didn't think to get that prior. Not that I've ever done that. On the other side of that, we've had we've had releases that we knew were going to go terribly. They're just going to be awful, but they have to be done for whatever reason, what regulation change, what have you. And in those cases, I I don't think... And I've I, I've not met anybody that can do it well enough, but I don't think you can polish that up enough so that the team doesn't recognize that this is going to be a dumpster fire. Like it, you just have to you have to lean into it. And we had one recently where we there was a, a product upgrade. We were we were upgrading through multiple major versions, and we weren't able to test something like. 50% of the feature sets in the lower environment. So like it has to go. It it needs to go to production because we're, you know, we're we're out of time and materials money, we're out of budget, we're out of time, whatever. And from my seat it was almost like, well, we have identified all of the risks. We have them written down. There's a lot of them. We know how to test those once it's in production. So we're just going to duck under our desks, hit the button, see if we hear a rumble. And here we go. It went fine. It went perfectly, <laughs> just for the record. But it's it's the other side of the superstition coin. On one hand, it's like, well, we think it's going to be perfect, but we've done our due diligence. On the other side, it's I don't have any more due diligence that I can do. I have no faith in it, but it's still got to go. So here's here's looking at you, kid. It's like Schrodinger's deployment. It's both working and not working at the same time. I think I've worked on some of those applications. I know I just butchered saying that. 
unemployment. I love that. The, the bug exists that. until you observe awesome. it. In a previous company, we had this process where we would do overnight releases once a month on Saturdays because we were fully on-prem and we just didn't have that capability of doing things without downtime. So to preserve our customers' you know, experience, we would do it once a month on the weekend overnight so that nobody was impacted except for us lovely people who had to be a part of it. And I had the joy of being the leader on those calls in terms of like putting together the runbook, making sure everybody had done their job, calling people by name to make sure they told me when they finished their step, all that fun stuff that I'm sure many of you have had the pleasure of doing. And it's funny because now that I've left the company and I haven't done this for over a year, I look back and I do have honestly some fond memories of those times, which is funny because you wouldn't expect that I would because they're all nighters and they're exhausting and they're incredibly stressful. But this thing, this superstition thing is one of those things that I kind of fondly remember about those where I would say, this is going really well at 2 a.m. And somebody would go, how dare you go outside, turn in a circle and spit three times. <laughs> and it's just such a fun little like joke and lighthearted moment. And you take these like really intense experiences and you bond with the people when you go into them with this kind of fun thing that you're bringing to the table, it bringing to the table, it makes it an experience that becomes uh, joyful and full of laughter rather than something that is just definitely i think one thing that also an inverted side effect of that is that it also helps you know your team in a way it calls out things to look for you know you jokingly do the superstitious thing but it also has you thinking okay like you know they've said that over this one feature maybe we should double check to make sure that's good to go or oh i should probably check our rollback strategy and it Especially, yeah. it's helpful for, you know, it's fun for n- newcomers on the team to partake in that, but it also kind of helps them think like, okay, these are maybe things I need to check on before deployment, and, it, you know, you kind of go from there. I didn't even think of it that way. That's a really good point. It kind of has this side benefit of helping train people in and helping them recognize the areas that they need to be cautious on. That's a really good point. Yeah, we had to bring in a priest for this particular feature. So the next time anyone touches anything near it, do the same. Walk outside, turn around three times and spit. (laughs) Yeah. We've all seen that one server. If you have anything on prim, you've got that one server that has one thing running on it still that you just haven't been able to get deprecate because that one really important person uses it. And you're terrified of turning it off because nobody's rebooted it in like two years. And if you turn it off, it might not come back on. Those are the moments where you go, okay, you know, take the wheel. Someone else has to handle this because I have no control here. It's going to come back yeah, or it's are, not. Those are great when you... I've I've experienced most of them when you walk into the the IDF or the the data center and you hear the the ominous clicking noises. Hmm. Somebody didn't bless this particular maintenance activity, and now we are up a creek. Neat. <laughs> Guys, who contaminated the holy water? Who did it? Sorry, I needed to make coffee. We were out of water. <laughs> the coffee maker. <laughs> In my opinion, coffee is holy water, so I don't know. (laughs) So we're coming up on the end of our time. We are 
almost got almost got the third co-host. I think she's she's dreaming under the desk. But so we're coming up on the end of the time and we were talking offline ahead of the <laughs> ahead of the call that I still haven't found a consistent outro. And I, I maybe that's not important, but I I think it is. I like it and it makes me happy. But because it's 2023 and all of our personalities are completely driven by ChatGPT now, I think we're going to to let the Terminator take this one and let let Travis ask the almighty ChatGPT how we close out this podcast. Uh, I'm honored. Okay, so I've gone ahead and I asked it, hey, I'm hosting a technology-based podcast about different departments working well together. Can you give me a great outro to sign off? But I wasn't too satisfied with its response, so I asked, can you turn it into a pun? Therefore... That's all for today's episode, folks. Remember, when it comes to departments working together in a tech world, it's all about finding the right formula. So keep mixing it up, stay plugged in, and don't forget to charge forward towards success. We'll be back soon with more electrifying insights, so until then, keep on innovating. Which isn't really punny now that I read it out loud, but that's, you know, give it time. Once GPT-4 (laughs) is released, maybe. Maybe we'll come back to this. I don't know. I feel energized. I'm I'm all about it. I'm gonna need you to drop the text in the chat, and we'll we'll yeah. we'll workshop that one a little bit. But maybe that one will be back. <laughs> there we go. Perfect. All right. Well, this has been plays well with others. Episode four, as always. Andrew Moore, Jess Agnew. Thanks for joining us.